and welcome to Comic Book Girls, Today we're going to be talking about Radical, my year with a social senator, out now via Top Shelf Comics, via Sophia Warren, who is here to talk to us today. This debut graphic novel is a, a very informative display of local politics, as Sophia embeds with New York State Senator Julia Salazar during her first term in office circa 2018. It's a really thoughtful blend of journalism, memoir, educational text. Uh, it's one of my favorite comics of 2022. You can find that on the CBH list of the best comics of 2022, which as of this recording, it's about like 30 comics deep. It's a good list. I'm really, really proud of the list this year. I feel like I've, I've kept up with things. And this is one of the faves. So, Sophia, thank you so much for joining. Um, how are you doing? And, and how's the response to Radical been? How are, you, how are you feeling about the response to your first, you know, massive graphic novel? Hi, thank you so much for having me, Dave. I'm really excited to be here. Um, it's been cool. <laughs> it's, you know, it was three years in the making, this book. So it's still a little bit surreal to have it out in the universe. Um, but I've had some really good conversations around it, um, both from people who didn't know anything about politics and were kind of coming to it interested in comics and people who maybe worked on campaigns or, you know, had some activism or organizing in their past really appreciated seeing it on the page. Um, so those have definitely been really rewarding conversations for me to have. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it's out and I get to kind of celebrate the people in the book and, and the folks who make it all happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So early in radical, it's clear that you made a decision to center yourself in part, right? Your own journey with politics. And you're not just like just a fly on the wall, you know, you're, you're a part of the story. I appreciated that centering because feeling sort of removed from politics is definitely very relatable <laughs> for me. Um, as you were going through it and as you kind of embedded, how early did you kind of decide on that framing and, and why was it important to you to make sure that that was, you know, a part of the story? Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. It was something I really struggled with. Initially, my impulse was to not include myself at all in the story at all. So the story mm -hmm. now is... is um, as you said, I'm a central character. You kind of follow me as I experience government and uh, in many ways organizing for the first time through this office, through seeing what they're doing as they try and make this legislation happen. Um, but yeah, my initial impulse was to say, like, I don't want to be a character in this. I want to just show what happens. Pretty quickly, it became clear to me that that in some ways, A, just like felt dishonest because actually I was there. And of course, there's lots of conversation to be had about like participant, observer and all sorts of nonfiction. Um, but there was an effect of me being there that I didn't want to like not display. And one of the wonderful things about comics, I think, is that, you know, you have this potential to tell very human and personal stories. Um, and for me, the experience of, of being in this office for this year was a very moving one. It was really impactful on me as a not particularly politically engaged person. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I felt that that was actually, as I was trying to structure the book, um, something that I really wanted to include as a kind of central part of it so that people could follow along with that aspect along with me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's it tends to be very effective. And I think it's something that, you know, comics fans are pretty familiar with um, in, in kind of the legacy of auto bio 
graphic novels in some way. You know, Mouse very famously, the Art Spiegelman work, of course, is, is chief among them, yeah. where, where art is very much a part of the story, um, while, it, while it's simultaneously someone else's story. Uh, okay, one thing I'm curious about is, so you you emailed uh, Senator Salazar, um, I think in 2018, right? Just kind of kind of on a whim, like, hey, this might be cool. Like, let's let's try it. One thing I'm curious about is people lose their minds when they hear socialism, yeah. <laughs> right? Or some people, yeah. right? And and she's running on a socialist platform um, at for as a New York State senator, and is still there, still in office. We can kind of talk about where things are now and and what we've seen in the work. Mm-hmm. What did making this book help you understand about that position and that labeling and kind of how people react to it? Yeah. Um, so coming in, and this was 2018 is when she ran. She was running in the same um, summer as AOC. And so um, that term really got electrified socialism, democratic socialism, as after AOC's win, which was in June, Julia's primary was in September. Um, Mm -hmm. So the interim between those periods is when things really got quite uh, dramatic in terms of of people really responding to this. And and, um, the campaign just got a lot more focused in that direction. And and for me, um, you know, I was I'm have always been dem- democrat and you know generally progressive but i think i felt um curious but not that informed and sort of reluctant around mm-hmm. the term socialism i felt some misgivings about just some just kind of knee jerk uh feelings about it that weren't positive sure. and so i wanted to see it i think i also had a lot of my experience of of people who identified as socialism was frankly coming from like Twitter, <laughs> which felt yeah, right. very like in your face. And if you don't already agree with me, I have no patience for you. Like it didn't feel like a, a space for curiosity and to like admit that you didn't know everything yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah. I, I was, I was definitely looking at this as a way to figure out what it actually looks like to see someone who runs as a democratic socialist to see what that actually looks like once they're practicing and doing the job of, of legislating, I was curious about how she would interact with her colleagues, about whether that would be alienating to the point where she couldn't be effective um, and what those principles actually were and how they played out um, in her work. Um, and I can answer those questions now if, if you'd like, or I can leave it a mystery. Um, but, but generally speaking, it was... Um, really meaningful for me to see that in action because it it essentially just meant she took no corporate donations and it meant that the people that she was accountable to and asked to be held accountable to were her constituents and her communities and without any of the kind of muddling of special interests, right? And the principle behind her run was that she was running as the head of a movement, which meant like it isn't a cult of charisma. It's not about her personally. It's about um, how to bring the resources of her office and represent this movement in this particular space. Um, and for that to be a kind of two-way, two-directional um, exchange where she would be legislating and, you know, in conversation with organizers, people outside of the legislature. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I think... It- there's a couple things there that you, that you mentioned that I think are, are very important to this work. One is your curiosity about things, which I think is probably the 
probably the secret sauce of the whole thing and making it work is you seem genuinely very curious about how politics work and sort of your own disconnect from them and kind of why that is right and figure like that that comes through that's very relatable definitely to my reading experience in my life um in a way that then i was like i'm learning a lot but in very engaging ways um so i appreciated that about it the second thing that you mentioned there that's really interesting is in a book like this that is about a politician and about one that got a lot of hype and a lot of news coverage right Mm -hmm. um the expectation might be that they would be this larger than life figure right this this kind of outsized yeah cult of personality um whereas definitely the the way julia is portrayed in this work like does not seem like that type of person at all yeah um how did you how did you kind of figure out ways to like center her and have it basically like because there's like there's some elements of mystery that are kind of teased in the beginning you know like how did you mm-hmm. figure out ways to make it so it wasn't kind of the julia biography and instead it's more this it's an experience of the whole like the whole team and the whole experience with government you know yeah such good questions i feel like you're really hitting on the things that were like <laughs> <All right good. laughs> my big like structural <laughs> questions as i was making it um yeah i think from the inception of this idea to me i was not interested in writing a biography of julia um i was mm-hmm. certainly very intrigued by her by her character and and i didn't know her when i started the book we'd never met um but her campaign had certainly a lot of like questions about her identity and there was just sort of, sort of buzziness about around like who is she right and like um so it was something that I I for sure wanted to know um but it also felt just not that interesting to me to write that version of this event especially because she'd run as the head of a movement right so I was like and and one of the early questions in the book that you see me asking a friend is like how much does her personality how much does she as an individual even matter if it's set up in this way, right? Where, you know, she's, she's so representative of this much larger group. Um, and of course her personality matters. And, and in fact, um, I was really intrigued by her leadership style because I think, I think in, in many ways I related to it and it's something that, um, I didn't necessarily expect to see in a politician, someone who's like, very introverted, whose like primary primary quality I think that you see from her when she's in public spaces is is that of listening. She's not that interested in taking up space in the room. Um, she's very sharp and she's very interested in policy, um, but it just isn't it isn't something that's important to her necessarily to kind of like you know be in the spotlight. Um, and for me, that was that was so nice to see and I wanted to include it. And it's also, um, you know, the easiest subject for a book would be someone who really wanted to be in the spotlight and told me lots of things. And there were other staffers that were much more, you know, forthcoming with their kind of emotional, uh, arcs and all that stuff. You know, I was getting more kind of information from them just because they were more comfortable doing that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, as far as, as far as structuring it, it meant that I kind of, tried to, as I was uh, experiencing it, spend time with a a number of different people in different spaces. So a lot of time with the other staffers around Julia and the organizers who were working with her office. Um, And then again, having myself be a character allowed my experience to sort of be the link between these things rather than it being attached just to Julia. 
Um, so there are moments in the book where it kind of takes a step back from her experience and we spend more time with, say, her uh, her staffer Ramon or her staffer Gabi or there's a day when I spend um, like a lobbying day with some organizers um, and that's it's threaded into the narrative because it's me doing these things for the purpose of sort of informing myself about what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and getting all the moving parts there, which I think was was very interesting. Um, so, you know, the book spends a lot of time, like you're saying, they're exploring the dynamics of of what it takes for laws to get passed, essentially, at the state level. Um, but, you know, there's a, a potential danger there of, of people's eyes glazing over, right? Because one of the reasons why I think a lot of times folks aren't as involved is because they don't want to take the time to <laughs> read about that stuff, right? Yeah. So were you ever worried, like, talking about local rent laws, you know, in some specificity would be a tough sell. And like, what was important to you to emphasize to make that stuff compelling? Because I, again, like I want to emphasize for people listening, like it is very compelling. I don't even live in New York. And I was like pretty invested in this. It's real relevant stuff. Um, How'd you go about that part of it? Yeah, it was, it was tricky. I for sure worried about it. Um, And the way that it fits into the narrative is that, and this was this was my hope. I I had a lot of assumptions that were wrong going into or expectations that were wrong about this experience. But one thing that I think I got right was that for me personally, I was like, I don't really care about state politics unless I attach it to like human beings and the project of comics. Like I'm just not. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna stick in my brain. Like a. I'm never gonna just like read up on this stuff for no real reason if it's like not attached to something human and B it's just like not, it's just not where my head goes. And I think that's the case with a lot of people, right? Is that unless it feels personal and is, is connected to something that has some sort of like maintenance in your life, then, then it's, it's really hard to make it important to you when it's sort of just facts. Um, the reason that, that this book, I think, has space for those things is because it is the thing that is important to the people in the book, right? Like, this legislation about rent laws is important to Julia and her staff. It's the the legislation that they've set up as, like, this year we are going to pass this package of bills, and this particular bill is our baby. And they're working with a group of tenants, organizers, who are themselves, you know, fighting for their own well-being, right? So the stakes are there because the people in the book who you see, who you talk to, who make jokes, who like, you know, have particular posture and gestures that you kind of get a sense of through the drawings, those people care about this thing. So my hope is that that's why it lives in the narrative. Hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, the, no, the cast of characters is, is interesting. The different levels of, of passion that they all feel for this, you know, the ways they go about it definitely is very compelling. Um, yeah, it's cool just to see, frankly, because we, we so often, again, when you're not involved, you know, you see the people at the top, right? You see the figureheads, you don't see the teams, you don't see the crew, you don't see the staff, right? So it's a, it's a really nice spotlight kind of on how, how everything goes, because there's just too much to get done for one person to, to be doing it all. Um, you talked a little bit about assumptions and things that surprised you, you know, as you're going through this, you, you hadn't done anything nearly this large before, right? This is over 300 pages, um, it's a huge, huge, ambitious project. Uh, you know, you've worked at the, as a cartoonist with The New Yorker. Were there 
habits you had to break out of um having you know such familiarity with with the new yorker you know style of you know kind of one one image you know a joke right which you're very good at right check out your instagram check out sophia warren on instagram if you want to see those um what kind of habits and things do you have to break what kind of assumptions did you have to get over to to make this graphic novel happen mm. yeah it was pretty different i hadn't done anything the longest thing i had done at the point of of this book was the book proposal. <laughs> like I hadn't, I think three pages was the longest comic I had done before this. So, cause I, I came to comics kind of from animation and, and I started doing them more professionally through the New Yorker work, which is, as you said, one panel, you know, like <laughs> 10 words maximum. <laughs> um, in some ways there's similarity, right? I mean, I think that's a, it's been a great exercise in, the, the best thing to come from that, I think, from my just general creative practice is, is getting not precious with stuff because I'm just generating so many of those cartoons every week, most of which will never see the light of day. Um, so, you know, getting comfortable just putting something on the page and seeing how it works um, and then, you know, either tweaking or throwing it out, that was really helpful and that definitely carried over. But other than that, I mean... It's a it's a radically different process to make this book. This was um, nonfiction, right? So I was, you know, I had all these like recordings and photos, all these references, notes, lots and lots of notes, um, like something like 25 sketchbooks that I had been drawing in and writing in at the time. So it was a it was a matter of in some ways like editing, um, but also staying accountable you know, very closely to the actual facts of the thing. So that was, that was new. It meant I couldn't just like make up a face. I had to try and get everything right. Um, and it was a lot of planning. It was a lot of like figuring out the character designs, like getting an outline, um, doing thumbnails and then another draft of thumbnails and then a draft of pencils that were slightly more, um, refined and, you know, the stages of it were so different that I, I think it's um, it wasn't exactly breaking habits just because it was such a it felt like such a departure. It didn't really feel like even in the same arena as the work that I've done with with gag cartooning. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. Like it's it's such a massive undertaking to to want to do. It. Like, was there? I mean, I guess it, were there restrictions on how long it could go? Were you thinking it would be shorter? Like, like at what point did you kind of identify like, okay, this is this, the size this thing's going to be? I didn't have like a number in mind. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that working with top shelf, they weren't super restrictive. Um, they didn't really hold me to the page page count that I estimated. I think I, in my book proposal, I thought it might be like 220 pages and it's 328, I think. Um, so definitely went over. Um, yeah, so it, it was kind of just a matter of like that, that came to be the case as I was going through drafts. Um, and I think by the time I reached a significant draft of it, it just kind of felt like the mode of the storytelling, meaning like the amount of like information to story and the kinds of like the story structure in terms of how many characters are a part of it and who we're following. 
those things felt settled enough that it, it felt like it ended up just being longer to kind of accommodate all of those things. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. So I was curious, like I saw a Washington Post review when the book was coming out and um, it's generally pretty positive, you know, it's talking about what you did and the connection to Senator Salazar. Uh, but it also had a moment where it labeled it kind of YA educational material. And I found that surprising and mildly condescending because <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know any of this and I'm definitely not YA anymore. Yeah. Um, do you feel like it's YA? Like, was that a target you had in mind? I don't, I don't feel that it's YA. I think it's exciting to me that teens will read it. And I think, you know, teens will read things that are interesting to them. Like teens are smart and I didn't want to condescend. Like, I don't think that I would want, if I were writing it as a young adult book, I don't know that I would do all that much differently just because as I said, I think like, I think teens can read this if they want to, they will read it. Um, for sure. But, but YA I think of as being kind of oriented starting around 12 and maybe I'm wrong with that. But yeah, to me too, I was kind of like, I think it's, it's kind of more comfortable to be like, yeah, kids don't know this yet, but none of us know this yet. Like we think we have a basic, (laughs) we think we have an understanding of civics, but most of us don't. And I think that was the, that was the impetus for me to go in. I was like, I watched Veep. That's what I know about government. Like if anything's not in Veep, (laughs) I don't know it. Right. Like our expectations are coming from media um, we're not like watching C-SPAN all the time and we're not, even if you were, that's like, you know, the tip of the iceberg as far as what actually happens. Um, so, so yeah, I, I hope it reaches that audience for sure, but I don't think it means there's not space for adults and it's not written in a way that's like excluding exult- adults, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's right. It, it, yeah. Teens absolutely could pick it up and, and enjoy it. Right. But I definitely didn't didn't think that was the target audience necessarily or written with that in mind. Um, you know, you're talking about kind of the the full suite of, of politics and, and civics and all of what goes into it. I think one of the hardest things, you know, is this feeling like nothing works. Right. Which I feel like is pretty, pretty, um, you know, not unanimous, but a lot of people feel this right now. You, know, you can scream and shout, but like these figures in power will just do what they want. It feels like a lot of times. Radical is kind of encouraging in the sense that, um, you know, there's, there's displays of local action having a purpose, um, possible positive outcomes, even if they're not everything the teams want. It is kind of like a sense of like, you know, progress. Um, how do you feel about that cynicism, which you, you talk about a little bit wrestling with in, in the book as well after completing the graphic novel? Yeah, I came into it really cynical. I mean, this was... When I contacted Julia, it was the end of 2018. This was the middle of the Trump presidency. Um, you know, real low as far as you know belief in government. And I still hold lots of skepticism, as we should, right? Like these systems are not working as they should be working. That said, I think the like the cynical to the point of complete disillusionment, like passing it all out the window, baby with the bathwater, like, you know, I don't know if I can swear, but the like, suck this government is broken. I just don't think is that useful. And I think that like, it's disempowering. And in fact, the inspiration that I took from being with this team was, was immense because it was, it was a team of really well, like 
people who were working in good faith to make their communities better. And they did it. And I don't mean like they did it like wash our hands, it's done. Like they did a version that was far exceeding the expectations of what they might have done like just a few years earlier because the tide shifted and they'd kept at it. And so much of the work that's in this book comes from organizers. It's really uh, very people powered both within the legislature, or sorry, within Julia's office, because this is the mentality that she brings into it. She comes from community organizing and outside of her office. Um, so much of the uh, of what was working this year and, and the power behind these this uh, package of legislation happening was coming from this real grassroots energy, which is something that is accessible and understandable and digestible um, and inspiring <laughs> because yeah. it's it's got a transparency to me as uh, a citizen who's not going to run for office and, and is cynical and upset about you know, special interests and money and politics and all that stuff. Um, so it's been profound for me, I think, even just in terms of like, like when, for example, the, the you know, Roe versus Wade was overturned, it's devastating. And that's the court system. I recognize that that's not, um, you know, it's it's a separate branch. But as far as like, what to do with being devastated. It's like the answer is to organize, right? And that like understanding of how that works um, makes it less just completely gutting and more like there is a path forward. There are people who know what to do and have been doing this and have this knowledge. It's something we can all tap into. Um, and that's that's really affecting for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, well said. I, the thing on organizing was super interesting because it's not an element I thought I would have been interested in. Um, I thought I would have been very disconnected, but you posit some theories that are very interesting from some of the crew there in terms of like, you know, organization in terms of like setting up a system where basically anyone could come in and replace anyone, essentially, yeah. um, in these different roles in the org. Like just like the, the theory behind it was was very different than what I imagined that system to be and it sounds like that's maybe a much harder thing to achieve or less common um but yeah some of that stuff was fascinating so i i saw on um senator salazar's instagram you're doing a library reading uh with them or maybe this maybe this was done maybe this is in the past now mm -hmm. um how close are you with the with the staff and kind of with their ongoing concerns because you know the main thing they're trying to get past in this is this good cause um uh you know rent relief uh, bill it's like the one thing that that doesn't get included um, at the time, like, I was like, this is real life, like this is a real bill and they're still trying to do it from what I understand. Yeah. How, how close are you to all that? The legislation, the like day to day of it, for sure. I've taken a step back from, you know, I was sure. in their office like most days for 2019 for the legislative session, which is January to the end of June. Um, so, and, and by office, I mean the, the district office for the most part, though I was in Albany. So, you know, it's just so much happens that without just like being there absorbing it for sure I've like lost that level of contact with with the bills especially because you know so much so much happens um that it's hard to keep up with as far as who's supporting the bill and you know what factors are involved in any particular version of it um 
my personal relationships with the office, I still get to have. Um, and I live now in Bed-Stuy, which is you know, one district over from the district that Julia represents. Um, so still see a lot of the staffers and talk to them and I've, and, um, and Julia and we're, we're very like, you know, I'm lucky that though they weren't a part in any way of the shaping of the book, they've been on board with it. So now that they've seen it and read it, um, nobody's mad at me, (laughs) which I was, I was, you know, stressed about for some time just because it's, you know, it's a lot to tell someone else's story, but, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy that we get to kind of stay connected and figure out ways to, for me to like be involved in the next kind of chapter way. Very good. Very good. Were there any, were there any pieces that you're particularly worried about? Like certain like raw transparent moments? I mean, there's, there's some, I, there's nothing too inflammatory, I don't think, but there are certain things like, you know, Julia and the staff member, you know, going at it the way that, you know, you would in a meeting, like it's, it's all professional. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, were there particular elements that you were like, Oh, I don't know how they're going to feel about this. You know, it, it was less like, cause, so yes, there's like, there are moments of tension and stress in the book and, and people like getting mad at each other and, and that kind of thing. And, um, and I had said to everyone, like I tried to really keep, you know, as much as I felt comfortable doing, cause I did want to maintain a level of independence and distance. So I didn't want to show them pages or anything, but I did say like, I think it's important that people see, you know, tension. So some of these fights are going to be in the book and no one had an issue with that. And in fact, the feedback I got verbally was like, yeah, people should see this. Like, so go ahead. <laughs> um, I think I was just nervous because, uh, you know, seeing how you're perceived by someone else, can be surprising, even if it's positive, I thought, you know, like I certainly, though, as I said, I didn't know Julia had some skepticism going in. Um, That's reflected in the early part of the book. And I think by the end, I reflect what is my actual opinion, having spent lots of time with her, which is that I think she's a really effective legislator and um, feel close with the staff and and proud of the work that they're doing. And, and, you know, that they, they had a very positive impact on my life. I think that comes through in the book that you just never know what people are going to see. Um, so for that reason, I was just sort of on edge about how it would be perceived, but luckily it was fine. (laughs) Good. Very good. What, what surprised you the most, um, during the, the whole construction? Like what was the thing that you were like the most shocked by? In the process of, of writing the book, you mean? Yeah. There were lots of things that surprised me as I was following them around, but I will, because uh, it was all new, but the book was all new too. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> I don't sure. mean like lots of things are hard. This is not the hardest thing in the world, but I think it was, it was, um, it felt very emotionally fraught in a way that I maybe wasn't expecting or expected mm-hmm. in the abstract, but to actually go through the process of feeling really lost and not knowing what I was doing and, um, you know, having lots of doubts about the decisions that I was making, um, especially because this is in large part happening over, you know, intense quarantine period where I'd sort of lost yeah, the right. thread of was doing like 16 hours of work on this a day, whatever, just, um, but that, that part is, is difficult. And I have lots and lots of respect now for people who go through this process uh, in any capacity, because it's, it's, um, 
it really requires a lot of like sure footedness and, um, and it's hard. Do you want to do it again? (laughs) Do you think you'll tackle it again? Yes. And I say that with full knowledge that there was one point towards the end of making the book when I called my brother and I was like, remind me if I ever try and do this again, how currently (laughs) miserable I am. (laughs) Um, But yes, I I absolutely do. And um, I've, I'm hopeful that, that I'll be able to talk more about that sometime soon. Cool. Cool. All right. Looking forward to that. How often in this process have you been mistaken for Sophia B. Warren, who serves on the main house of representatives? Has this happened to you? <laughs> you know, this has not happened to me. I have, okay. I'm aware that person exists and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know much about other Sophia. She spells it with a PH, right? It's a PH. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, hasn't so you happened have, yet. You have that going for you in the, in that you have the correct spelling versus <laughs> Thank you. the alternate doppelganger. Yes. yes. Um, I wonder if she's, <laughs> I wonder if I've made her life any more complicated. That could be that maybe she's fielding a lot of questions about writing a graphic novel about being a socialist Senator. <laughs> oh no. I, I was like, what are the odds? Yeah. yeah I'll have to look That's her up amazing. more. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Um, okay. Uh, final question for you here. Um, were there, were there any moments, cause it's a very political book by its very nature, right? Mm-hmm. It's about politics. Um, you're talking about some figures, Andrew Cuomo, for example, right? Larger than life vibe. Like, like I said, like I'm not from New York, but certainly post pandemic, like that's a character I know mm-hmm. in the American political landscape. Um, I really liked how you drew him more abstractly, by the way, you know, the certain like giant size Cuomo and stuff like that was, that was very effective. Um, were there elements like that where you got any sort of like pushback or, or things you were worried about calling out, you know, these powerful people in the state? Like, like how did that or has there been any sort of, you know, post-publication like people reaching out angry about that stuff? How's that gone? Yeah, I haven't gotten any of that yet. Um, OK. And, you know, maybe it's to come. I think it's yeah, it's in the drawing mostly or, or the, the drawing of Cuomo who was the governor at the time and from the perspective of the tenants organizers and Julia's team was the antagonist because it was uh, a year where there were Democrats in control of the Senate and the lower house and the government, uh, sorry, and the governor's office, all Democrats. So this bill, um, it wasn't that the opposition force was Republicans. It was like centrist Democrat with lots of, power um yeah i haven't i was for sure concerned i haven't received any feedback in the negative yet um i think you know the what's in the book hues pretty closely either to things that people said to me or research that i did um so you know i tried to be careful about not just like arbitrarily casting stones um right yeah Okay. Okay. Good. No, that's good. Hopefully, hopefully it stays that way. Um, and people just continue, uh, benefiting from the work. All right. So you alluded to, um, maybe, maybe a bigger project coming down the pipeline. We'll keep ours open for that. Uh, what else do you have going on that you, that you want people to know about anything else, um, common comics or otherwise that you want people to check out? Well, I have a, an illustrated advice column. So the tone is quite a bit lighter. It's sort of, it's sincere, but with some cheekiness, 
Um, and it's called you're doing great.substack.com. Um, okay. Substack newsletter and it's free. So if you're interested in that, um, I, I update not completely regularly, but, but relatively often. Um, other than that, uh, my Instagram, I try and keep relatively up to date with lots of comics and cartoons and that's the best way to keep track of what I'm up to. So that's my name, Sophia Warren art, A R T. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. Okay. I think that answers everything. Oh, final thing. Uh, are you reading anything good lately? Comics, novels, oh, this short is a, stories, anything. This is a good question. I just finished reading Delicacy, which is another top shelf book. Very oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, very beautiful line. Creepy. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, expecting right. it to take the turn it took, which is always nice to be surprised. Um, let's see. Uh, in class, I, I teach a comics class, and we just read Passing for Human by Liana Fink, mm. which I always love reading and getting new yeah. perspectives on. Um, and I have been reading Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. I'm trying to become a culinary genius, and I think I'm well okay. on my way. How about you? <laughs> awesome. I'm not well on my way, i got to say. I'm okay, but <laughs> I'm not there yet. Do you have any book um, reads? My recent reads? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so many. Most of my reading these days is, is you know, like prep for these interviews, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I – <laughs> excuse me. Um, whoever I have coming on to talk, I'll like totally binge their catalog. Mm -hmm. And the most recent uh, is John Allison, the writer of Giant Days. I don't know if you've, yeah. you've heard of or read Giant Days. Yeah. Super funny. Yeah. A blast. Great. Uh, so I've been I've been reading a ton of that. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So Sophia, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. Again, everybody should check out Radical. We'll include links to all this good stuff in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I think that does it. Thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. Thank you for this really lovely talk. I appreciate it. <laughs>